All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. Welcome, everybody, to the Infinite Fringe. Hope everybody is doing well. My name is Billy Ray Valentine. Billy Ray Kid. How's everybody doing? Coming to you from the Bronx, New York City. So, have uh, our first-time guest here on the Fringe. His very uh, first, the maiden voyage here. You know you know what people have to do in order to get here. They have to, you know, chop down the trees and go through the swamp. And eventually, they find the little shack at the corner of the Infinite Fringe. And uh, this this man here has done it, Ben Emelyn Jones, ladies and gents. Um, very happy to have him. He uh, was uh, over on the Kev Baker show, and one of the last conversations that Kev and I had were about uh, about this gentleman and uh, possibly getting him on the fringe because I, I thought it was interesting and I wanted to talk to him about his um, his books and his work and his overall opinions. Ben, how are you? Welcome to your maiden voyage uh, here on the Infinite Fringe. It's a pleasure. Ah, Billy, good to be aboard. Thanks for inviting me onto the show. It's, uh, I'm sure Kevin Kev's smiling down right now because um, he had the <laughs> idea of bringing me onto your show, and now it's finally happened. So uh, he's very pleased wherever he is, I'm sure. I'm sure, too. God bless him. What a, what, what a, a, a wonderful person, man. So I'm, 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 I'm sure he's looking at this, and he's like, yes, it happened. So Yeah, uh, I miss him terribly. I really do. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still very fresh, you know? So um, Yeah. So, yeah, yeah but let's... Uh, let's uh, Let's try and carry on what it is that that he was doing, and and I'm very happy to have you on. I'm I'm very happy to uh to discuss your work, and you're a super interesting guy. Now tell the, tell the people uh, a little bit about you that uh, you know my my audience probably uh, uh is not aware. Some of them probably are, but a, a lot of them aren't. So tell them. I'm somebody. I live in Oxford, England, and I'm somebody who, uh, over a period of time, it wasn't it wasn't just a, a moment, um, an instant revelation, but over a period of time. Um, probably starting when I was a little kid and sort of building up from there, I realized that um, certain subjects, things that uh, people laugh, most people laugh at, such as uh, the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, uh, conspiracy theories, as they're called, government cover-ups, <laughs> um, these things, you know, even though most people laugh at them, these things are not only real, but they are, I think, one of the, I think the central issue of our time i think they're the most important issues affecting the world today and gaining an understanding of these subjects has become a necessity as a result i started becoming i became active online um which is where i think most people start doing these sort of things these days i was started using forums and things like that to talk to other people about this on this subject and eventually i set up my own spot spot on the internet called Hapanwa, which stands for Hospital Porters Against the New World Order, because I was a hospital porter for 23 wow. years. Wow. 
And um, there, was a, there used to be a guy in the United States actually called Jack McLam, who had a group called Police Against the New World Order. And I thought what's good for police is good for hospital porters. And so Hapanwo was born. It started off as just a single website, which is still there, the main Hapanwo site. But I branched out. So I created a separate news site for shorter, more regular articles, uh, a YouTube channel. Uh, my own radio show, like yours, Billy, I had my own radio show, which eventually is, is now an entire station where I'm joining. I've, I've got two other hosts who work regularly with me. Incredible. And um, yes, it's so it's I've taken it from there. And um, it's really uh, become everything I do, really. Um, and it's it's inspired me enormously from my my talent for writing fiction. Ever since I was a little kid, I also loved writing stories. It seems that I did. I was particularly good at it. And uh, so I've written a number of books. Um, the most I've written five novels altogether, plus a number of short stories. But the the most important novels of the last three, which are the Roswell trilogy, this one here, uh, Roswell Rising: A Novel of Disclosure, and its two sequels, Roswell Revealed and Roswell Redeemed, because these really um, are they're just stories, they're just novels, but they're allegorical stories. Right. They are metaphorical about the, concerning the subjects that. I talk about on Hapanwo and indeed you discuss on Aftermath FM and um, TFR and other stations. Right, right, right. I just thought, well, I, I just, an idea popped into my head, which was, um, well, what if we didn't have the cover up? What if we actually, everyone knew the truth about what the things we're talking about here? Uh, and it, that led to a little thought experiment, which eventually led to a, a story, a scenario, and eventually a book and then three books. So that's uh, that's me basically, Billy. Yeah. No, I mean th this is super interesting, right? Like, what what if what if there wasn't a, a cover up, right? R what if Roswell happened and they just revealed everything to everyone? <laughs> you know, it's so mm. out of the realm. Like, I can't even begin to uh, process that, right? Like, what's up? That's what I had to think about. I had because right. that that is exactly how everything begins. It was actually Steve Bassett of the Paradigm Research Group, who's currently um, campaigning for willing ET disclosure. Um, he He's a guy I knew quite well. I inter I've interviewed him a few times. And he was um, he was on a radio show, somebody else's radio show, not mine. And he said, um, it would be amazing, he thought, uh, he, he thought if um, someone would write, someone would write a novel, a story, just an alternate, alternate history story mm -hmm. about what happened. Just take the world back to July the 8th, 1947, um, pretend that the, they'd stuck to the flying disc story and then let history unwind from there and see where it went. That's incredible. And and, and I want to get into your thoughts of, of how that would have gone down. But yeah. before we do that, I, I want to ask you, do you ever think we will actually get disclosure? Like, uh, and, and by disclosure, I mean, because some people say, well, we already have disclosure because they're you know, the Pentagon is admitting about UFOs and all of that. I, I don't see that as disclosure. They're not really admitting no, anything. You know, they, they're, they're not really disclosing anything. You know, they're just throwing things out there and it's still, well, maybe this or maybe that. I see disclosure as, all right, we're coming out. Listen, we've known about UFOs for X amount of years. Extraterrestrials are real. Um, they come from this star system, you know, like yeah. we've been in contact with them for X amount of time. That That's what I'm looking for when I see disclosure, you know, and I, I don't think it's going to happen personally. I could be very wrong. Your thoughts? That's, that's what it literally means. Yeah, it's, it's right. important to define it because you could say, well, um, if, you, if, if it just means people knowing about aliens, well, a lot of people already know about them. People have seen them. People have interacted with them. 
So and it's it's a very popular idea at, at the grassroots level. But yeah, it, by disclosure with a capital D, it, it referring specifically to the admission by the authorities in this world, right? Those the uh, the governments, the states, and that that there is an extraterrestrial presence engaging the human race. In other words, they end this pretense that they've kept up since for time immemorial that these things don't exist. That they're just <coughs> they're just weather balloons. They're just swamp gas. It's just people's imagination. It's just hoaxes. There's no evidence of any um, intelligent extraterrestrial life, and that's the end of it. And we know this. We know it's a pretense because they've actually admitted it's a pretense. They cut the uh, cut the Twining memo way back at the, in the Roswell era, 1947. Um, so you know that is the definition of disclosure. What's what's happened since 2017 with the um, the ATIP material and TTSA and things? That's not disclosure with a capital D. However, it does seem to be a concession. It seems to be. Well, it's even one of two things, and I discuss this regularly with Kev. Right. It is literally, it is some kind of, it is either some kind of, um, some kind of psychological operation, something mm. fake that they're doing deliberately for some purpose, some right. nefarious long-term purpose to to manipulate them and present, put false images in the in the consciousness of people, or it is literally a. Uh, a point where they've, I think, been forced or they've decided to become more transparent and maybe begin a process which will lead to that willing disclosure. I mean, see, I, I vacillate all the time on, on the question of whether it's possible or not, because we know that this this, this world is ruled by um, really very deceptive and, I think, unpleasant people, autocrats, that right. do not have our interests, do not have the interests of the common population in, at heart. Um, I think they just regard us as another species of farm animal, literally. I think that's what, how they see us. I completely so, agree. So, what's so? Why would they tell us the truth? Why are they going to tell us the truth? And every time I think to myself, well, it, it's not possible. We're not going to. What's it'll happen? Probably, um, either there'll be some kind of massive, uh, I don't know, invasion or something of the aliens or. Something, something unpredictable. Something no one. There's a factor that we haven't predicted yet will intervene and then push force the issue. It could be the literal landing on the White House lawn. It could be <laughs> some rogue person on the inside deciding just to get the word out, and, and they're backed up by many, many people within right, the military right, and intelligence right. things like that. It could be one of those things. But um, then you see, sometimes I think otherwise. I mean, when I listen to, to Steve Bassett, Bass, Steve's very persuasive, and he he's very positive, and he presents a very, very very interesting and i think of quite valid case and, and not easy to dispute it's not easy to dispute the case he presents actually mm. that um willing disclosure is possible and indeed over the last couple of years it does seem more likely that it's it may be possible and i have something's sort of backtrack a bit right yeah. so, so something's something's definitely going down something like what changed. that is i don't know but go mm. ahead what's up Something has changed, isn't it? I mean, right. this is weird because it was in December night twenty. It was in December December twenty seventeen that the the New York Times stuff came out. The the original ATIP revelation came out into 20, December twenty seventeen. So that's literally seventy whole years after the Cutler Twining memo. And really, the recommendation of the Cutler Twining memo is is in in a few words, it simply says what the entire cover up should be. Basically, I can't remember the exact quote, but they say basically the government know these things are real and we're taking them very seriously. But it's very important the public do not uh, do not believe in them. Right. So therefore, we shall um, we shall paint a face false image that these things are not true through official ridicule and denial. That was a policy they stuck to for seventy whole years, and then suddenly it changed. 
So if, if it is another level of the cover-up or a different kind of cover-up, it is a transformation of the original strategy after it's they stuck to it very, very religiously, uh, very diligently, not just in the United States, but in many, many all, all over the world. So it begs the question, if they have changed strategy, then why? Why have they needed to change strategy? Right. No, I, 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 yeah, no. And, and, and it, it, it leads me. See, I'm I'm not sure where I stand on all of this. Right. It, it I, I definitely know. Well, I think I know. Right? <laughs> I think I know that um, that uh, these government agencies are, are trying to run game on us. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to manipulate. Right. And there's some there's 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 decent amount of evidence that, that we can point in that direction, even outside of the UFO community. Right. So I'm like, OK. Um, if they would do it here, why won't they do it? You know, there. You know, like they uh, they seek to manipulate, in my opinion. You know, so mm. this could all be just an effort to manipulate. But um, maybe, maybe there's something uh, you know more concrete coming down the path. I'm not sure if if I fully believe that, Ben. I I, I want to mm. get your thoughts. I want to know where you where you fall. You know, I'm with this. Yeah. It's, it's, it is a tricky question because right. um, any prelude to willing disclosure, if this is some kind of process leading up to willing disclosure, then it's a, it is an opportunity we can't afford to miss. It's, it's too important for us to miss it. On the other hand, um, and a lot of people have said this, you're not the, you're not the first to, to suggest this, and it's right. Kev, Kev indeed used to talk about this. What, what if it has some other purpose which is uh, negative, which is more nefarious? What if Lou Elizondo... Uh, and Tom DeLonge and people like that are, are actually playing us for fools, and they're putting out right. they're putting out an image out there to condition us, to condition the population, but for a different purpose. For example, what if um, what if the, they're going to put out a message that yes, all right, there are, it's going to end. This whole process is going to end. Yes, we found out they're aliens, but they're evil and they're going to attack us. Right. And um, the only way to stop them is for us basically to um, introduce a global state of emergency. Right. Temporary, of course, until we've beaten the aliens. <laughs> and then we'll go back to how things were before all nice. We'll, we'll switch democracy back on and everything will be fine, which of course right. they never do. So, yeah, it could be that it could be that this is some kind of um, false flag in, um, incident leading to justify right. um, a, a dictatorial world government. And I'm not the only person who's concerned about this. Uh, you know, all these years ago, 21 years ago, actually, in um, in Washington, there was a press conference organized by Dr. Stephen Greer, the Disclosure Project press conference. Um, the most interesting speaker there was actually someone called Carol Rosen. Um, she's currently working on um, in, putting in, putting out treaties, international international treaties to ban weapons in space. Mm. Um, she spoke to Werner von Braun, who built, who was the original rocket scientist. Who right, des right. He designed the Apollo rockets and... And these were based on uh, ballistic missiles that he created for the Nazis in Germany. And um, he said, um, he firstly, he's really weird because he, he talked to her in 1977 when she was a school teacher and told her, he predicted 10 years in advance that the Cold War was going to end. He said, they, they're planning the end of the Cold War. That's not going to work much longer. Then he said, then there's going to be, uh, there's going to be uh, rogue states, terrorist states, nations of concern. And he says, the last card, the last card. This is basically the, how government justify their existence by creating crises, right? And then you know building policy on top of that. He said the last card. There's going to be a evil aliens out there, and the world will need to be safe. The governments will step up and say, "We're going to save you from these evil aliens." Mm. But you, 
have to give up all your civil rights and you have to surrender to a global dictatorship. Sounds and, oddly um, familiar to me. Don't don't yeah. know where I've heard that before <laughs> or or experiencing <laughs> that right now. I don't I don't know. Go ahead, sir. It's it's it is it's an old tried and tested um methodology. <laughs> we know this is where we know this is what they want you to. We know um, that the the general trend in politics today is is towards greater internationalism and authoritarianism. There's absolutely no doubt about it. And they've used other things for it. I mean, uh the war on terror essentially was a part of this. And indeed, this pandemic that's going on at the moment, um, you may have noticed, I mean, everyone has said this, isn't it weird that they just seem to want to do, they just want to protect us. And they said, there's this disease and they need to protect us. And so we all need to go onto a database. We all got to carry around documents to say whether we've been vaccinated or not and things right. like that. Of course, whether we're, whether we're vaccinated or not, it's not the point. The point is they want us onto a they database, want, right. the database controlling our lives. Right. And there's evil aliens out there. They could justify massive military spending. Um, they can um, justify a. They can justify curfews. They can justify all kinds of things. In war, wartime, always does this. And indeed, the, the the greatest war of all would be a war of the world scenario where there are evil aliens out there. And I think if if they if this this agenda to create um, a massive world government, I think if it was desperate and it had to go double or quits, they would try this. They would be willing to give it a go. And right. it could be that what we're seeing. Coming out of the for this new this new transparency from the Pentagon, etc. It what if that's a what if that's laying the groundwork? What's that, what if that's a dress rehearsal for the whole thing? And that's why I'm concerned. I'm I got to be concerned about that. So I'm I'm trying to tread a thin ground, I'd tread a narrow middle ground at the moment, a tightrope almost between excessive cynicism and excessive gullibility. Gotcha, gotcha. You know I, I mean? understand. It, it's tough. You know, I mean the, these. It, it's 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 tough to weave your way through something like this. Like I, I'm at the point, right? I and this is me. I think um, I think it's 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 largely a disinformation campaign. What's going on? Um, I believe in aliens. At least I want to believe. Like the X Files. I say that all the time. I don't know if you're familiar with the X Files. It was a oh. show here in the United States. <laughs> who right? who people like me? How can we not be? <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's staple. staple question 101 it's of staple. staple. It's, it's, it's so, yeah. staple. I, I watch it every night. Viewing, right? isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I used to watch it as a kid, you know, Um, but but the poster, the Fox Mulder poster with yeah. the UFO, I want to believe. And it's 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 so those words are, are, are just ingrained in my mind because there's a lot of things that I want to believe. But do I believe them just because I want to believe them or because there's sufficient evidence to prove? you know, yeah. um, that, that these things are actually taking place. Is it wishful thinking or real? Yeah. Right. So I, I go over this in my mind fairly often, you know, and, and, uh, and I mean, I, I love, I have that poster somewhere. I, I should put it up here uh, behind me so people can see it, but I watch the X-Files religiously. So I'm looking at this right now and I'm like, all right, Tom DeLone or whatever his name is from Blink-182 and uh, Lou Alessandro, right. And, and whomever else is involved here. Are they the ones that are distributing uh, this quote unquote, you know, uh, compromised information? And I don't think they are. I think they're getting the information from somewhere. I think they're coming from a, from a genuine place, you know, and, and, and putting out um, this information and they believe it to be real. And maybe some of it is to a certain degree, but I think there is an effort to manipulate here. I don't know if it's my extreme paranoia. It could very well be, but um, I, I just, I don't know. I've 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 lived long enough to see things like this um, 
lead nowhere or just not not pay off the way I expect them to pay off. And by that, I mean disclosure, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 I will say this. I will go even a step further and you can take it wherever you want to take it. And if you disagree with me, Ben, feel free to do so. It's not an issue here. Right. You talked about a UFO landing on the White House lawn. Right. And that's yeah, that's the scenario. Classic, right. Man, that's, yeah. that's that, that. Whoa. When that happens right now. Then uh, um, the aliens are going to come down. It's going to be a cookbook like the Twilight Zone. They're going to cook all of us. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just finished watching Spider-Man um, Far From Home. It's the older one. And uh, the whole thing was based on holograms. They, they, they made these holograms and everybody believed what they were seeing. But in all actuality, those things weren't there. This technology if, if it's being portrayed in, in, uh, in the movies, I think it, it'd be, it, it can be used out here. Like it can be used in real life. And we've seen some techno, like, like, you know, Tupac is performing on stage or Michael Jackson, you know, oh, there they yeah. go. They're, they're long dead. And you can tell um, that they're holograms, but eventually they're going to perfect if they haven't already perfected uh, this, uh, this technique. And who knows what the hell we're going to be exposed to. Well, this is this is a this is a possibility. Yeah. In fact, if yeah. readers of uh, Roswell Rising will know that part of the story is that there is an attempt to undo everything through exactly that kind of deception by the government. Mm. They attempt to undo everything with with that kind of methodology. And um, indeed, uh, as for the the feasibility of it, as I said, politically, yes, it's perfectly possible. If they were desperate, they would do it. Secondly. Can it be done? How do they fake bad aliens? Well, there's a, there's a guy, I think he's dead now. He's a Canadian guy called Serge Monast. Mm. And um, he was um, he was an interesting chap because he uh, discovered a few things. He wrote several books and he said that they were going to, that that, that technology was, they were already advanced planning stages to let that ten- technology be used. It was called Project Bluebeam. Right. And it could create images not just of um, aliens, but also of religious figures such as Jesus, Muhammad, mm. Buddha, etc. And um, they were capable of faking anything they wanted. They could fake us the second coming. They could fake. Um, they could fake all kinds of things such as um, various types of invasion for that very particular purpose. And um, he, interestingly, Serge Monas died very suddenly. He had uh, he had a heart attack. He was he was in prison actually. He was he was he wasn't actually in jail. He was actually awaiting trial, and he had a heart a heart attack in his cell and died, something like that. Mm. And uh, his family don't believe what happened that it was an accident. And right. it's possible he actually was revealed or was about to reveal even more, and they decided to shut him up. So that's that's something we've got to be wary of. At the, at the, at the same time, it's. I don't. I'm, I'm not going to assume automatically that that's true, and and that's the only out possible outcome of what we're seeing here. Of course, because if we do, and there, this is actually something more benign. For example, there's some good guys on the inside who are like working behind the scenes, and to, to to kick out the bad guys, and they want to do willing disclosure. For example, supposing there was like a there's a there's a group of them who are trying to 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 kick out this, this these bad guys, this cabal of of evil people and and um and put good people into power and that willing disclosure is a part of that then it's an opportunity we, we can't afford to miss it's an opportunity right. we can't just if we reject that opportunity then again 
it would be disastrous for us. So it's a dilemma, isn't it? It's it's because we, we don't know yet. We don't have enough information. I've got to at the moment entertain both possibilities until we know more. No, I agree with you. And and uh, the thing is, this information is coming from the government. And if there's one thing that I can take out of everything I've done and uh, everything I've listened to and experienced that I have, that I've I have had. Is that you can't trust the government <laughs> you hmm. just cannot right so it's coming from the government it may be genuine as you said we can't rule out that possibility you know it, it, it can be good people that are trying to put out you know that there are, are plenty of ufo enthusiasts you know that that uh get involved in this in an effort to push disclosure right if it exists right they want to see the documents and 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 be genuine with the people and and, and stop the cover-up then again hmm. It is the government, right? So, so hmm. you have to you have to sit in the middle and and, and uh, <clears throat> weave your way through the information and the disinformation and try to make up your own mind about it. But um, we can't rule out any possibilities here, right? I do get, I, yeah, I also I also get the feeling that um, when it, the government uh, is not as united as it used to be, uh, and when I say government, I mean the state state actors on in across the world. It's not right. any particular nation. I, I see this appearing in all kinds of countries, manifesting in the political systems of all kinds of countries. Mm -hmm. But there seems to be more faction, um, more factionalism. There's more um, there's people, division there's within uh, the yeah. powers that be. I within, like to call yeah. them the gangster class. Divisions the, within yeah. the gangster class. Go ahead. The gangster class is a good name for it. Yeah, there's more divisions going on. There's, for mm -hmm. example. Uh, there's several countries now are almost on the verge of civil war. I mean, France right. is even France, which is our nearest neighbor. And um, it's, it, it could be that there is um, some kind of breakdown in the, in, accept, in acceptance of the nefarious agenda, which, which I've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, then I mean, that could it, explain what's going on. It would explain why, you know, there's the backbench rebellions here in parliament It'll explain why uh, Joe Biden, for example, your president, he's just he's, he and his uh, his friends and his colleagues are just walking. They're walking they're almost tiptoeing around right. <coughs> the place. He was looking over their shoulders the whole time. They look really frightened, actually. <laughs> um, and so they would explain a lot about their behavior if that were yeah. true. And it could be that the the revelations coming out of ATIP, TTSA, New York Times, actually come from the um, come from the progressive faction that actually wants to help us it's possible and then in rather than setting us up for some kind of alien false flag intergalactic emergency they're actually um <coughs> they're actually preparing the ground conditioning just getting us used to the idea that are aliens they, they don't just want to dump dump the entire package on us at once because like to be fair to, i mean as david uh, song goes by david bowie you know He'd like to come and see us, but he thinks he'd blow our minds. And it will blow people's minds. That's the thing. If the entire stuff is just dumped on us in one go, I mean, one go, it's going to be shocking for, for many, many people. I'm not for me and yet you. We've had an idea. We see we're accustomed to these ideas. We've we've kind of already, we're already acclimatized ourselves to this concept. But most people have not. Most people right. don't don't even consider this sort of thing. And um, so the what we're seeing in the news. Could be an attempt to just get people into the right frame of mind. It's a kind of, um, it's it is a kind of sort of, uh, I suppose, benevolent mind control, if that's not a contradiction in terms. But right, what 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 Bowie song was that? Was uh, was that Oddity um, Space Oddity? Yeah, um, no, it's uh, Starman. Starman. 
It's, it's one of the the album. It's like the thing he did with Ziggy Stardust. You know, saying it's a it's star, star man. man. Yeah, I know, waiting I know. in the sky. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Let's harmonize you and me. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no um um. I would hope that that's the case, Ben. Mm. I'm not as optimistic as you are, um, but but I would hope that that's the case. Now, Fingers I crossed. believe, like I said, I want to believe, but I do genuinely believe that there are other entities, right? Um, are the here's what I think, right? And, and this is just me. Feel free to uh, disagree or be like, that's stupid, Billy. That is a stupid, stupid thought. That's fine, Ben. You know, but but um, I think that. Uh, you know, we're, we're not going to find like aliens of any sort traveling to other planets. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think they're in our realm. I want to say, or, or they're in our scope of perception. I don't think we can experience them given the vibration that we currently inhabit. If this makes any sense to you, I think, once we, I think they exist, but I think they exist at different vibrations at, at in a, in a different maybe we can say dimension of sort of sorts that we just can't can't uh, interact with, like a radio station, right? Like they, we have we have the radio station, and there's different radio stations. We are currently operating on ninety seven point one, and uh, some aliens are on one hundred and three, and we can't get to one hundred and three. We're at ninety seven point one, right? Maybe the aliens have figured out a way to 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 um you know come to uh you know come to our our frequency but we we just can't do it so i i don't think we're gonna find aliens on mars right i don't i don't think we're gonna find aliens doing what we're currently doing um it's just perception they may they may be there but we can't experience them our our you know we're limited as to what we can perceive and and this is scientific knowledge, right? We can only perceive but so much with our eyes and our senses. Mm. So there's so many things going on around us that that we just are oblivious to. Does this make sense to you? Well, funny enough, uh, what you said is is a good summary of of what John Keel used to talk about. Now he's mm. a ufologist who he caused a bit of a stir actually through what he said because um, he did claim that there was um, that uh, some UFO encounters what you just where people see i saw a flying saucer saw an alien are often associated with other paranormal phenomena and um he came up with this idea which is very similar to what you said that um these are essentially creatures that inhabit um a different uh, level of the of, of hyperspace he said that because right. it's it's not a it's not it's, it's not a fringe now to say there are different dimensions you know they're parallel no. universes and these creatures essentially inhabit a different part of this hyperspatial realm. And um, basically, we can't see them. They're there, but we can't see them for that reason because we're in a different dimension. Right. And then, but every so often, there's some kind of um, there's some kind of crossover between the dimensions and then they appear. And um, he said that uh, he didn't, I don't think he, he said that about all aliens and UFOs, but he said some of them, yeah. do fit into that kind of category and he he did the first definitive study on men in black which is very interesting because um you know i've a lot of people say well men in black are just the, they're just the government's agents who come to shut you all up you know they come around and they because they work for mi5 or the cia or something they want to shut you up but um keel actually did a real a really great survey of men in black witnesses and he he made to he came to a different conclusion which i think makes more sense 
there is something about them which is distinctly um, inhuman. That they're not actually they're not actually government agents at all. They're not even people. Mm. And other authors such as Dick Redfern have explored this in more detail. There's, for example, they 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 can appear and disappear. They they drive vehicles which are, are not unknown and things. Not just like with false number plates, but unknown models or very old models that look brand new and things like that. They act oddly. They sometimes have weird voices and things like that. And um, he he said that the John Keel said that these are somehow connected to the UFO phenomenon. And they they come through. They come basically from other worlds to try to manage the um, the, the overspill of ufological phenomena into our world. So it's certainly a possible. It's certainly possible. I don't think it can't. At the same time, though, there's absolutely no doubt that UFOs have a physical presence. So in other words, they behave as solid objects. They they leave behind. I mean, I, I do think they are in our realm. They are in our vicinity. Mm, right. They leave behind, for example, physical traces. Um, according to many witnesses and, and to uh, in many, many areas, they leave behind solid objects such as debris. I mean, this is what Bob Bigelow has been doing, studying these things. This, and um, other people like Dr. Irina Scott was actually involved in research projects into weird materials that have been found at UFO events long before Bigelow got involved. And um, so they, they essentially they are physical objects. And they, you know, if, if the truth about the alien bodies is correct, then they also mm. are. They, they do at least manifest as physical beings too. I, I remember. Mean, I if that remember. comes out, yeah. If that if that oh. comes out, because that's part of the Roswell incident, isn't it? You know, right, so right. We found the, the alien bodies and things like that. So not, not only that, right? I, I think in Behold the Pale Horse, if I remember correctly, that's Bill Cooper's book. He said that they had dialogue with one of these aliens, and he was a liar. <laughs> was oh, right, out, yeah. right. But um, but um, but I remember as a kid on Fox Five here in the United States, uh alien autopsy i know it was a hoax and it's a proven hoax but that was fantastic i was i was glued to the television watching the alien autopsy i gotta go ahead and find, is that on you maybe it's on you it is yes in fact um, a friend of mine colin wolford he you probably you may have heard of him because he does I have talks on actually he's an uh -huh. expert on this sort of thing now, he, he he thinks it's, he he has been studying this in great great detail and it's very very interesting mm -hmm. um the story behind it the people who put it together it's really remarkable um, incredible yeah, I mean, it's obviously like I can't help admiring them for their ingenuity. Absolutely, um, How did you they were, it right. was a deception. Right. But what's weird is, um, what's weird is there's a guy called Kit Green who came forward and said that um, um, he was with the CIA and things like that, mm -hmm. and he said that he went to the he went to the Pentagon with Dr. Stephen Greer and Leslie Kane and Dr. Edgar Mitchell, who was the Apollo astronaut. Yeah, and he said there was a meeting there. Now Greer has always said this happened. Greer, Mitchell, and Kane always said this always happened. It's never been been sort of backed up or confirmed independently. And then Kit Green said, "Yeah, it's um, they did have that meeting at the Pentagon with the CIA director." Mm. And what's more, um, they were shown a film of some guys in hazmat suits cutting up a dead body of an alien. Wow! And he said, "I mean, that is weird because that was that was in 1987, which is like it's like eight years and eight years later this." This film suddenly appears called the yeah. Alien Autopsy film, which of course was as we we worked out how now it's been created. But um, oh, Colin doesn't agree with me on that, but bless him, he's a great <laughs> guy. But um, it's pretty clear though that it was there was another one which was very similar, which was real. In which case, where's that? And how come? I mean, did did the people who made the 1995 one get the idea from a real one? In which case, 
where did that information come from? You see, and there's there's others coming out. You see, there's like there's similar ones coming out of Russia, <coughs> which um, yeah, you know, in, when the Soviet Union collapsed and the KGB, it was, it was a, like a goldmine for black market KGB files because the spy agency, the KGB, the biggest and most successful spy agency in history, right, had you know millions of secret files and they ended up on the black market. You could just get hold of get hold of one for the right price from some some hood in downtown Moscow. And um, um, they, they was, among these were like picked images of alien autopsies on right. proper film, you know, not like right, 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 right. converted videotape, proper film which had been taped and, and had been dated correctly. And there was this one that came out in um, the, there was this alien interview thing that came out. There's this guy called Victor Nevada who's been studying that. That's um, where you see an alien actually sitting in a, a room and um, it's it, it look i think that's real i mean that's just it, it's incredible that it's really incredible put me on i would like to see some of this stuff like I, mm. I, and but when i started the infinite fringe um i think it's about four, five years now that i've been doing this show um i wanted to get on this and, and, and the late the name always escapes me i don't think it was roger lear i think there was another guy uh, uh that did um alien uh uh what is it implants it was a doctor 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 roger lear um did um as a he did he did studies of alien implants now this doesn't mean um oh sorry excuse me excuse me sorry uh doctor roger lear did um studies of of alien implants right Uh, but there were were other people who did it as well like daryl sims somebody Uh, out of new york he passed away he was a doctor he 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 said he removed 17 Oh, that's um, that was there was a documentary called Patient Seventeen. Right, it's about this and, guy. Um, I keep forgetting his name. Yeah, let me let me, let me let me look it up. But anyway, like um, that's that goes to some of the physical evidence you were talking about, right? And some of yeah. this some of this stuff can't be explained. It's you it's, know, yeah. What's up? If if they can explain sixteen of them and they can't explain one, that's all we freaking need, right? That, that's all we really need. And, and I, I was so interested to talk to this guy and, and I, I was going to reach out to him and then he passed away or then oh, I, right. I found out he was dead. There may be um, Dr. Roger Lear because he, he's, right, he's, he's the star patient. He's the part. He's the star patient. He's the star patient 17. And he was, he was actually a, a, he was a podiatrist, chiropodist. I don't know what they call it. It's a doctor that specializes with feet. And um, because feet are very often the place where they put these implants, hands and feet. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's how he got into it. He just said patients were complaining of, of um, that they had something embedded in their foot, and he thought, "Oh, it's just a splinter." You know, I'll pull it out like I do all of them. But then he found they was, these were embedded much deeper. And um, when he pulled them out, he, 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 there was these weird fragments, and he couldn't right. work it out. They were they were like something like nothing he'd ever seen before. They didn't leave a scar on the skin or anything like that. Mm. And and if you watch the movie, you'll know that these. Um, They've been analyzed. They've been properly analyzed by metallurgists and other kinds of scientists. Indeed, Dr. Irina Scott used to do this sort of thing. And she worked at Wright Patterson Air Force Base and the Patel Memorial Institute, which dealt with this sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's the kind of thing that Bob Bigelow did much later with his when he joined ATIP. But um, they found out, first of all, that these they're made out of um, strange kinds of alloys, you know, different um, the kind of alloys you don't get on Earth, because on Earth, <laughs> you right. have on Earth, um, for example, you know, you have bronze and you have um, pewter and all these other types of alloys that are used in industry. Steel is an alloy which includes 
a charcoal carbon, you know. And um, he said, well, this is these are different different alloys. They're different mixtures of different elemental metals. And you don't they don't get made in they don't get made on Earth. You, no one produces these in a forge. So where do they come from? They also have an isotopic ratio. <coughs> I'm not 100 percent sure that actually means. Excuse me. <coughs> I'm not 100 percent sure exactly what the details of what isotopic ratio means. Right. But it means they can work out basically where it came, what whether it came from the Earth or somewhere else. This is how they find out what, what meteorites are like, because the isotopic ratio indicates these things did not come from Earth. Right. Now, um, so geologists use them um, to, to find meteorites. These The isotopic ratio of these things that have been um, extracted by Dr. Roger Lear indicates that they were not of this Earth. And the skeptics said, oh, the skeptics came out with an amazing story. Like one guy, he must have fallen off his bike and landed on one of them and it got embedded. <laughs> and it happened to be a little bit of meteorites, <laughs> which is absurd. <laughs> but all of those I fell on a space rock yesterday. I don't know how that happened, but it just <laughs> happened, you know. Anyway, oh, they'll say anything. They'll honestly say anything other than admit the truth. <laughs> the truth is that these things did do, do not come from Earth. They were they were brought to Earth and then placed in people's bodies. In which case, right. in which case, how did that happen? And who you know who did it or what did it? See, but what's their purpose? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I've been told I've got one of it. I've got one in my arm. Um, do, do you really? According to um, this. This guy who scanned me, yeah. Um, no, hold on. Have you have you been abducted by aliens? Not to my knowledge. I but have you no have memory. something, in, but you have a tracker in your arm. You have something got, in your arm. What, what? Well, I don't know what its purpose is. I mean, the purpose right. of these things, I'm not exactly sure. Um, some people say they're there to track people. Sometimes they're they're sort of like to measure your body, things to do with your body. I don't know what its purpose is. Right. But um, as someone did scan me, I've got one in my arm, um, in my left arm apparently, because I noticed there was a strange mark on my arm. Not not a scar. It's just like a little strange mark and i went to i went to a conference and there was a guy there who does scans and he he used a um emf meter he used a he detected and a a radio frequency pulse detector and mm. um uh, a metal detector and it there was an eight there's an, he did detect an eight megahertz pulse coming from that part of my arm uh, he also detected um an, an electromagnetic field on it not the not a metal detector. He, the metal detector was blank though that came up blank, but um, mm. I've not um, I've not taken any more action actually as a result of that. Not least because I I don't have any memory of any experience that would lead me to think something like this had happened to me. As far as I know, I mean, I I, I can't. I was actually shocked when I when I found out about this. I really right, was because right. mm -hmm. I thought, what is what the hell is it? I just how how did it get there? I mean, when when did this happen? Right, I right, don't right. remember it. And, um, well, you know, that, that's that's part of the UFO lore yeah. or the alien lore that, you know, a lot of people don't uh, don't often remember when they're being abducted. Yeah. You know, they have to go to uh, to 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 get what a hypnotized and, and maybe they can draw out the memories or something like that. I've heard of that. Uh, I'm sure you're very familiar with it. I am. Yeah, I've got this remark. I don't know. It looks like a face, actually. I don't know if you agree. Let me see. It looks to me a bit like a face, like the face on Mars. Um, you may not be able to see it. Let me see. Let me see. It may not appear on there. I see something. Yeah, Hold on. No, my my uh, vision is really bad. I gotta blow this up. It it, it does kind of look like it looks like something. I I, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't come out very well on the webcam. Yeah, it's my it's my eyes too. My eyes are bad, yeah. but it oh. it does look a little bit like I see the round uh, yeah image of it that it kind of looks That's, like a face. I just noticed that on I just noticed that one day years ago. Right. Wow. Thought, wow. That's, that's and that was uh, like um, you know that's why I went and got the scan thing, but but it's um. I didn't sort of like, I didn't, uh, 
I didn't expect I didn't expect them to to find something weird going on there. I just don't. It just I was just sit, I was there was people queuing up for the scanning, you know. And I said there was this, this conference in in Woodborough, Wiltshire. And I said, well, I don't need to go for that. And this this guy stand, this guy was standing standing next to me, a bloke who come all the way from Malta to be at this conference. And he stared at me. He says, don't say that, Ben. Don't say that. He gave me a really <laughs> weird look, like he he knew something about me. So it's 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 one of these odd things. But you know what? I haven't I haven't really done any more about it it's been like about five or six years and i haven't done anything about it okay. and i mean i don't really i'm, I'm obviously i'm I, I should do you know but it's one of these things i've overlooked right right um, i suppose i'm i suppose i'm nervous about it you know i can't help it you know yeah of course i know um, how that um, feels you know, um, you know hypnotic um, regression as for <laughs> med medical imaging that would be enormously expensive i mean so right. i can't exactly go to my gp and say um, could you refer me to X-ray because I've got a space alien to put an implant in my arm? Right, He'd refer right, right. me. He'd refer right, me to right. the psychiatric clinic. Right, right, right. Real quick. To, it costs like three thousand, four thousand pounds to get like private MRIs and CT scans done. So um, I don't have that kind of money, and if I did, I'd spend it on something else. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you know, um, um, I don't know. It, it's every time I, I I find this super interesting. Right. People that have been implanted by stuff and nobody can explain where it came from. And, and uh, you know, um, I, I start to think about why, you know, if this is coming from out of this world, why are they doing it? Right. Yeah. There, there's the whole um, they want to track us like 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 animal farms, you know, like, like they want to see what we are, what makes us tick, the whole deal, just like we uh, examine um, the animals here on Earth. Right. There's that explanation. Yeah. There, there is the the whole. Um, damn, there was one more. It's just slipping my mind right now. Um, that um, oh, the the breeding, you know that that they want to come here and create create um, human alien hybrids, you know, and they yeah. and they pick specific people and they track them all their lives and then they take them and and they do things like and I've heard of of people listening to Coast to Coast AM that. Um, that claim they they were pregnant and that their their um their offspring were taken by the aliens and they don't have them anymore. You know, there's stuff like that. What what do you think I, is, is going on? I've not only heard about it. I know someone who have who had that terrible thing happen to her. She, Get out of here. Are they willing to talk? And... If they are, like throw them over my way. I'd love to speak. Oh right. To... She she may not actually. She's 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 quite old now. But she she mm. did a she did an interview with Mary Rodwell and it appears in her book. Um, okay. Not the one, her latest one, but one mm. previous. And I've met her, and um, she's—it's a very real thing to her. I mean, I wow. and she she was pregnant, and um, it was confirmed, and and she was looking forward to having another baby. It'll be her first, a third child. Right. She got two sons already. One of them's an abductor too. And then um, she wakes up one morning, and she she feels that something is. She just feels different. You know the normal pregnancy feeling that she would have, um, which probably only a pregnant woman could really understand, has has gone. And right. she went back to the doctor, and the doctor says, "Oh, you're not pregnant. Sorry, I must have messed up the tests." <laughs> That's what else could he say? Right. Because she did, she hadn't had a miscarriage or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, later on, during an abduction experience, she found out that the aliens had indeed taken her and removed the embryo. And um, not only that, but the, the baby continued to grow. In an in um in an artificial um kind of tank, they had like a the thing like in Brave New World, you know, they had like a, an ectogene tank, right. a hatchery sort of thing, 
it's it's a science fiction thing you get you get out of many science fiction films like like and the book brave new world as well that's how people have like grown right right but um but later on he he was mature he he she's actually met him and he's about seven years old when she met when she last met him it, she reports in the book and her, in her own book on the subject she reports she met him when he was about seven years old but he's he's not on earth he's with the he's with the aliens on the spaceship now what alien what, what kind of aliens are they like like what what are they humanoid aliens what what, what kind of aliens are taking her She's drawn several pictures, and some of them are like Nordic type aliens, and others are uh, greys. Okay, but she's drawn; she's actually drawn pictures of them, and um, it's a very, it's a, it's a very moving story. Um, she's, written, oh, she's God bless. a couple of books herself. Anne Andrews, her name is. She's written a couple of books, and she does this interview with Mary Rodwell in, um, in her, in in Mary's earlier book. Yeah, this is. Um, so, what do you think? What, why do you think if aliens are visiting us? why do you think they're doing it there's they seem to have this is very odd they seem to be many many there are many many different kinds many many different species i mean there's virtually a taxonomy of these things now right because you have like you have the nordics the greys the mantids the there's all there's so many different types and they exhibit very very different behaviors and sometimes um, similar species will exhibit very different behaviors too they seem to have a wide variety of agendas they report abductees report a wide variety of different behaviors from them sometimes they will tell their their abductee or contactee exactly why they're here some of them say things like um we many of them say we want to prevent war and environmental destruction we're trying to protect you because you you keep making these wars and doing these destructive things and there's environmental damage as well um, others Others seem to want to teach what to teach us new things especially children i mean mary mary rodwell specializes in children and then children who've been abducted or have contact. And um, in her book, she talks about how they, they essentially have um, lessons. They have like, a, they're taught things about mathematics and science and spirituality on board the spacecraft. And the kids say, mm. I learn more there than I do at school. That's often what the kids say. Um, we think so. And um, others, um, the majority seem to be just monitoring us, and they, do, you know, you get the like the classic ones where they do medical tests on you. They take you and they they uh, they do medical examinations on you. It was dramatized in a very horrific manner in the film Fire in the Sky, which is actually right. inaccurate. Which Travis Walton's experience wasn't like that, so the film was actually inaccurate. But um, but these things like that do happen, and. Um, there were, a mi there were a minority, luckily, that seemed to have hostile intentions towards us that actually oh. do harm to us. Um, people have become very ill and even died as a result of encounters. So th th what, if you want to know what the aliens want, you have to, you have, the question that follows it has to be which ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? So right, they, right, so right. Kinds. Right, what, they're, what, what uh, particular races, what their intentions mm. are, man. Wow. So uh, last question before we wrap. And 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 this has been fantastic. I had I had a I had a blast. Ben. Me too. We, yeah. we have to do this again very soon. Cool. Um, but um, so what do you think is gonna happen? Do you think do you think there will be a real alien invasion coming down at some point? You know that we will see this. I mean, it's it's something that 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 we've been talking about in in modern society for a long long time, right? So will it be real or will it be fabricated or, well, or, will, or, or will we just continue talking about this for years and years to come with nothing? 
<laughs> I the, the curse of Philip Class, the the great UFO skeptic before he died, was um, right. when you know I'm dying now, but when you lie on your deathbed, you won't know any more about UFOs than you do now. <laughs> well, that's, <laughs> um, so that's what he said. Oh, you're just going to keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. Um, as for as for a real alien invasion, well, kind of that's kind of a fait accompli because it's in a sense they're already here. I know you don't you don't agree with this. But I don't know if I don't agree with you. I, you think maybe you think maybe they, they could are. be here. We just don't see them. You know that that's where I stand. That we can't we can't perceive them, but they could be right here right now. See, I think they already essentially have a presence on this earth. They're already right. here. What's more, they've been here a long time. I mean, reports that we talk about aliens, UFOs, things like that, they mm -hmm. go back through history. In fact, there's there's every reason to believe that people were having these encounters in prehistoric times. Um, if if I see any sort of like uh, big spaceships hovering over cities and and dropping bombs and things, I'm going to assume that this is a government false flag. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to assume that as I think you, it's so unlike anything they've ever done before. I'll assume it is the it is the government false flag. Um, on the other hand, if uh, obviously if they if they wanted to behave act act more openly in other words if our extraterrestrials wanted to engage with us more openly like they did above phoenix with the phoenix lights uh they could do that in every city if they wanted right uh, why they don't do it i mean i think it's it's difficult to people say well why don't they just show themselves and they come and people come up with all kinds of stories about why they don't do this and don't do that i don't think it's really any point speculating because they are not they don't think like us i mean right you can't really put yourself in the alien's shoes, even if they have two feet. They, for all we know, they, they maybe have a completely different mental landscape than we do. I mean, even other species on this planet, we share our planet with. We have trouble communicating with them. Yeah. There's, a, there's a lady called Denise Herzing who's trying to learn how to communicate with dolphins. She believes they have a spoken language. Um, the thing is, though, she's trying to... She says that even though they have a spoken language and she's trying to unpick it, it's possible that... Even then, we may not be able to understand them just because they think differently than we do. Right, right. I think it was Ludwig, Ludwig Wittgenstein. He was a great uh, philosopher. He was a hospital porter, too. Um, he said, um, if a lion could speak, we still could not understand it. Yeah. And I found if you have a dog, I mean, dog, see, dogs, there's limited communication with dogs, but they can, you know, they sometimes do things we don't understand. Yeah. Right. And we do lots of things they couldn't possibly comprehend. Mm -hmm. So, it's possible that's what that's the situation we're in with the aliens, and that's why I like the film. The, the film, The Arrival, is very good. It's the best alien invasion movie ever, because that's a film about where the aliens land, and um, they don't sort of step out there and strut around going um, revenge is a dish best served cold and things like that. You know, they, the, the humans have, have they literally they call in a linguist. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't call, seen it. It's a great movie, The Arrival. They call in this linguist. Um, not to be confused with the one with Charlie Sheen. It's a completely different film. <laughs> they call this linguist to unpick the language of these aliens because they can't understand. It takes them ages just to just to learn how to say hello to these right, aliens. No, right. I get it. Like, uh, it, watch it, it if you get the chance. It's I will. Good. I will. Uh, it reminds. I'm a. I'm a huge fan of the Twilight Zone. I mean, oh, it's, yeah, I, I think it's that, the yeah. the best show ever on ever created. It's the greatest uh, sitcom television show ever in the history of mm. television bar none um so far ahead of its time it still stands today you can still watch it and be like whoa somebody yeah. that's never seen the twilight zone if you put uh, an episode in front of them especially one of the most notable ones they they will be you know taken back wow i didn't see that coming you know that that's how yeah. awesome the twilight zone was but um 
I mentioned it is it before. really awesome. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. great. Yeah. It's, it's the, the one with uh, William Shatner. He's on the plane, and there's this creature. It's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, along yeah. The... That's great. That yeah, right. that, that one's fantastic. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, I want I, I want a uh, like an actual uh, action figure of that thing, that alien or whatever that monster that was on the plane, and he keeps looking and looking. But another one uh, with Shatner is when they are at the diner. I, I don't know the name of the episodes, but I can tell you all about the episodes. They're at the diner. He's sitting there with his girlfriend. And uh, there is this little um, like fortune telling device on the table and it keeps telling him his future and he gets addicted to it. It's fantastic. Oh, but, yeah. That's, that's uh, based yeah. on a Richard Matheson story. I is think. it really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I did not know. No, that's yeah. dope. I, I love that episode. But but when when you start thinking about, um, you know, uh, uh, translating languages or being able to communicate. Right. First off, I believe that dolphins have a full on language. Mm-hmm. I, I think they communicate 100% with each, with each other. I think we uh, underestimate what these animals can do. Oh, it's um, been proven. To her right. has proved that it obeys Zip's law and Chomsky's law. So it's like a, a, a human language. Right, right. I, I believe it 100%. Hmm. Um, but the Twilight Zone episode was to serve men, and I mentioned it before. And, and what happened is um, these aliens came. They, they just landed in different cities, just like that. Just and, uh, and the people were like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? Let's get ready, you know, to try to fight them. And then they actually show up like the, these big, huge aliens. And they're like, hey, we're not trying to screw with you guys. We're not going to mess with you. What we want to do is we want to end war. We want to bring, you know, end famine. We're going to do all of these things for you. No questions asked. And we'll bring you um, uh, no strings attached. And we'll bring you to our planet. And, and we can, you guys can see what it's like over there in the whole deal. And one of these aliens left behind a book. Uh, um, I, I don't know if they were in the, in the UN. I forget where they were. But he left behind a book and they were trying to crack it, to, to, to crack the language and uh, to see what, what it was about. And the cover finally got cracked and it was to serve man. You know, but it, it's, they were like, oh, it's to serve man. That's nice. That's so cool. You know, and... Uh, one of the people that were working on it was getting on a plane to go to the other planet. And the lady that, that was his partner working on it runs, runs out and she's like, don't get on the plane. It's a cookbook. It's to serve man. It's a double entendre, isn't it? Because to serve right. man could mean we're going to serve you. Gonna, right. Right. Or it means we're going to serve you up for dinner. Exactly. It means yeah. two things. <laughs> and they told him at it's the end, he's on, thing, he's yeah. on the plane and he knows full well, he's uh, like on the menu. You know, yeah. and uh, and uh, and the alien comes in because the guy won't eat, and he goes, "Please eat." He's like, "We wouldn't want you to lose any weight." You know? <laughs> it's like a, yeah, Richard Richard Keel plays the alien, the big, massive, great big bloke, right, James right. Bond. Yes, yeah, the yes. big tall guy. Yeah, yes, great exactly. episode that. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, listen, it's been a pleasure having you on. We gotta have you back. I want to uh, dig into your books a little bit more. And, and talk about um, uh, the Roswell scenario. We kind of got carried away here, but it was a fun conversation, mm-hmm. so I let it go. Um, um, and uh, I, I know you speak about a variety of things. You, we, we, we have to have, have you back. I, it was a, really a pleasure. I enjoyed this show so much. It was fun. What's up? Tell the people where they can find you, sir. Cheers, Billy. Yeah, I've had a lovely time. It's been great talking to you. It's a great conversation. Fantastic. Um, basically, um, her panel, H-P-A-N-W-O. Just put that into Google. Hospital Porters Against the New World Order. And I've Damn. got a whole array of websites. And um, you, you'll find a huge amount there in written video and audio form. So um, and it goes back a long way. It goes back to 2006 when I first started it. So there's an awful lot there. 
Right, right. Ho ho hospital porters against the new world order. Yeah. I think and that is fantastic. Go ahead. This, What's book, this is 10 pounds on Amazon um, or, or the other booksellers of your choice. So I don't know what it doesn't have to be Amazon. Um, available at all good bookshops now. I'll go in Roswell there. Rising yeah. is the name of the book. Yeah. Roswell if you go Rising. in there, if you go in there and the book is not on the shelf, it's not a good bookshop. Don't stop there again. <laughs> Get out of there immediately. <laughs> Run. It's a cookbook. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's been fantastic. It is the Cheers, infinite buddy. fringe. Hold on for just a second. Do not do not hang up. It is the Infinite Fringe, you know, on, on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you can find podcasts for the most part, you know. Um, check me out over at theinfinitefringe at gmail.com. Send me an email. Let me know what's going on. Give me a five-star rating if you would, ladies and gents. And uh, make sure you don't burn the place down while I'm done. Okay. Take it easy now. Hey, we very, very quiet. They're hunting for wabbits. That's us. We're the wabbits, ladies and gents. All right, we're out of here. Take it easy now. Bye-bye.